continue with the message. Uh, I started, uh, this is the sixth message, right? Sixth one. Seven. Sixth, okay. And we'll continue. But this message is uh, titled, The Greatest Promise and Gift of the Covenant. We're talking about the covenant. And uh, the title of the previous message is, has been, uh, what's in the covenant? What is in the covenant? What is a covenant? A covenant, the way we look at it, is an agreement between two people who enter into a covenant. But with God, it's even more so, because this is a covenant that is uh, entered into with the blood of God's Son himself. So this is a divine covenant between man and God. And the Bible says the, the life of the flesh is in the blood and, and God has put that on the altar. I believe Leviticus 17 verse 11. So this is a covenant between us and God. And the Bible also tells us covenants are built on promises. Established on promises. And so God has given us promises. Father, we just ask that you give us ears that can hear today. And um, hearts that will understand and eyes that can see. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So there are, we have a lot in the covenant that God has made available to us. So much. The covenant is established on promises. God's words to you. His promises to you. This is what I'm going to do to make life better for you on the earth. I created this world and I'm going to make life better for you on the earth, even in the presence of Satan himself. I'll do that for you. Not for everybody, but those that are in covenant with God. It's a blood covenant that brings us into this relationship with God as sons and daughters. God had a covenant with the children of Israel, but they were not children of God. They were just servants. Servants of the living God. And no is, uh, Israelite will refer to himself as a son or a daughter of God. They refer to themselves as servants of the living God. And so when Jesus said, I am the son of God, they were not, they didn't like that. That means you are making yourself God. But God has given us the privilege, you don't become a God, but he has given us the privilege to become members of his own family. You become a member of his own family, recognized by God, recognized by the Godhead, the angels, and demons alike. They recognize you as a member of God's own family. So the Bible tells us in, in John chapter 1, verse 12, as many as received him, that's Jesus Christ, if you receive Christ into your life, because the whole world is not receiving him, but if you are willing, you understand the message, and you are willing to accept him into your life, then God gives you the right to become a child of God. You become a member of his family. This is a huge privilege. I don't think we will ever understand it on this side of heaven. We will not until we get there. It's a huge privilege to be called a child of God. Even angels were not. They're just servants. And yet they are there in heaven. Powerful beings in heaven. But God has brought us into his family. 
through these great promises. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3, God said he, God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness whereby he's given us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these promises we might be partakers of his divine nature. So God is not jealous if you partake of his divine nature. In fact, he wants you to partake of his divine nature. So he gave us these promises on which this covenant that we have with him is established. And the greatest of the promises, the greatest of, greatest of the promises, the greatest of all God's gifts to mankind, the Holy Spirit. Everything that we receive from the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized, you remember the story. As soon as he came out of the water, he was praying, the whole heavens opened. The Holy Spirit came on him. From that day, that, that uh, 30 years old man was a different he became a wonder to the world till this very day. The greatest of all gifts. And Jesus promised us, I'm not leaving you alone. He, the helper that was with me, he's coming. He's going to be with you. He's going to be in you. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. So when you become a Christian, the curse of the Old Testament is broken. That can never be a part of your life. I know Christians experience curses upon their lives based on what's happened in the past and the covenants they've gotten into and all of that that maybe their parents have gotten into and these covenants and the, those things have influenced their lives. But once you know the truth and you stand on the truth, the enemy knows that the curse has been broken and you don't have to be, partake of that curse. He's been removed totally. My people perish for lack of knowledge. But once you understand the truth and you say, no, 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 devil, no, you can't do this. He knows to quit. That's why the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Until you resist, he'll, never, he'll be there. Exerting his influence on your life. But the curse has been removed. So since the curse has been removed, the Bible says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ. No more curse, but blessing upon your life. But that's where most Christians stop. The blessings of Abraham. But the Bible didn't stop there. It says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. The promise of the Spirit is greater than just the blessing. This is the greatest. 
You can't have any blessing without the promise of the Spirit. So we talk about the blessings and all of that. They have the blessings there, but the blessings will come through the gift of the Spirit, which is the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, Christians have to understand, you know, when you read in scriptures, you can tell as you read, sometimes Jesus is doing certain things and then he's drawing his disciples to himself and trying to tell them something. As you read, you can get that. This thing is important. And that's what Jesus did after he rose from the dead. You know, he was with them for 40 days, just sharing with them. The one that was dead, back again, back to life again, to life again, and sitting with them, eating and talking. But very close to the time that he left for heaven, he became kind of intense. And he started telling them things about the Holy Spirit. You know, in my, in my culture, when I was growing up, generally, if, when uh, an elderly person is about to, he knows he's going to die, he called the children. He's got something to tell them. They'll never forget that. I remember talking to a guy who was serving uh, what we call juju. <laughs> He's an idol in my country. And I was witnessing to him, and he listened to me very well. And uh, I was going to pray with him, but he would not pray with me. He was not happy about the fact that he, wouldn't, he couldn't pray with me to receive Christ. He said, son, I can't. I can't. I was maybe early 20s. He said, son, I'm sorry, I can't pray with you. And he went into his room and brought his uh, little God in his hand and showed it to me. He said, you see this stuff? I was like, okay, what is that? It looks stupid, but whatever it is, you know. <laughs> that, he said, this is my God. I said, really? <laughs> he said, you don't need that. You know, but you can't tell that to an elderly person. You're quiet. And uh, he said, the only reason that I'm keeping this thing, he's not helped me at all, he said. I've had this thing all the years since my father died, but I can't let go because before my father died, he gave this thing to me and said, to be the priest in your home. I can't do it. He said, before long, they'll be coming from Benin City and all those places to worship. But I hate him. I hate this stuff. He's not helping me. I, I had nothing to say to him. He was so important to him because his father gave it to him before his death. That was their problem. The same thing Jesus was doing before he left. Acts 1, 4, through, and 5, he says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. You remember? In Galatians, he talked about that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Here he's saying, Jesus is saying, but wait for the promise of the Father. This is the promise of the new covenant. The new covenant, the Bible says, is established on better promises. This is the greatest of them. Better promise. He said, Jesus said, don't go anywhere. You know they came from Galilee, right? The thing was, to go, Jesus is back alive again now. We don't know what to do. Let's go back to Galilee. That's our home. We are in a strange city in Jerusalem here. Yeah, this is where they crucified the master. We'd rather go to Galilee. It's comfortable that they receive us there. And Jesus said, don't go anywhere. Stay in this place 
until you receive the promise of the Father. You know that same promise is unto you today. Jesus made the same promise. He called it the promise of the Father. Paul called it the promise of the Holy Spirit for this new covenant. To take away every curse from your life and establish you in God. The Bible says, because you are sons, God has also given you his spirit. The Old Testament saints didn't have the spirit in them. It came on them. And only three categories, just three categories of individuals can have. The king, the priest, and the prophet. The rest of them were ordinary. Yet they were covenant people of God. And the spirit will come on them. But everyone that had the spirit on them was a different being in the land. That's how great the New Testament is. Every one of us can be a wonder to the world if we accept the gift of the Holy Spirit into our lives. Amen? So Jesus said, wait. Wait for the promise of the Father. Which he said, you have heard from me. That means I talked to you about this before. But I need to tell you this one time. Don't go anywhere. This is so important. For a believer, don't go anywhere. Make sure you have this gift in your life. Stop arguing about it. Stop arguing about it. Become as little children. They don't ask questions. You tell them, they said, okay, when are we going to do this? Become as little children. Receive the gift and move on. Wait for the promise of the Father. He said, you heard it from me. He said, John truly baptized with water. Your pastor baptizes you in water. But Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. I would rather have Jesus' baptism. Sometimes the pastors are backslidden. And they baptize you. But this is Jesus' baptism. John said in his word, he said, I baptize you with water. But there is one that is coming after me. I can carry his shoe. He says, he will baptize you. Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. When you are born again, you need to be baptized by Jesus. Let him do the baptism. Did you know that Jesus never baptized anybody in water? He never did. He commanded his disciples to baptize them because that's not his baptism. His baptism is the Holy Spirit. And when he comes on you, you know it, just like when you get into water, you get wet. When you come out of this, you get wet with the Holy Spirit. No one can hurt you. That's what Jesus has done for us. I mean, he's, you know, I, the way I understand it, Jesus died so that the Holy Spirit can live in me. I know you know, believe, we believe that it's for sins, to for, sins forgiven, yes. Sins are forgiven to pave the way so that the Holy Spirit can now come and live inside of you. You know how it was with Samson, right? Samson was just a man. The Holy Spirit came on Samson. He never stayed in Samson. And look at how mighty he was. The things he accomplished. And the same Holy Spirit, Jesus said, don't go anywhere. This is so important. Wait. Wait for this gift from my Father. This is why I died. To make it available to you. Don't argue about it. 
Don't get theological about it. You're going to be arguing with God who is right. Listen to the word. Accept the gift. As many as received him, he gave the right. And if you receive the Holy Spirit, then he gives you the right to become a wonder. Now, Isaiah chapter 8 verse 18. I and the children that you have given to me, we are for sign and wonder. Nanjai. That's who you are in Christ. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then in a few days' time, after Jesus left, the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. He came as a sound from heaven. Not in secret. A sound from heaven. This was the first day that God released his Holy Spirit from heaven to mankind. The whole can now have the Holy Spirit. Not just kings, not just priests, not just Moses, not all just the, the prophets, but you now, you can have. In the last days, God will pour out His Spirit upon our flesh if you're willing to receive. He says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were praying. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. I mean, it wasn't a secret sound. The whole city heard this sound. They came out to find out. It was like an earthquake was going on. They all, they, everybody came out to watch what was happening. But the sound was directed to one room where the believers were. Amen. The wind came into that room. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. That wind went into that one room. And the whole place was filled with God from heaven. Given to man. To live inside of us. And it says, They saw divided tongues of fire. They sat on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. It, now I'd like to remind you. I know a lot of people argue about stuff. I'm not going to argue about, about God with you. Okay? But this is one thing I'm going to tell you. There were 120 people in that room. 120 people in that room. Every one of them saw. Every one of them received the Holy Spirit. Every one of them spoke in tongues. 120. If it was God's way for you to receive the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues, he should have demonstrated it in the very first instance when the Holy Spirit came. But then he made it clear when you receive the Holy Spirit, you all speak in tongues. That's the text. Right? You all. Y'all. Now I got it. Y'all. That's the Nigerian text now. <laughs> but they all spoke in tongues. And people want to argue about this time. Acts 19, Paul said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So when you believe, you're supposed to receive the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know whether you received the Holy Spirit, that was a dumb question. Did you receive? How do I know if I received the Holy Spirit when I believed? So does it mean that when I receive the Holy Spirit, don't I just have 
when I receive Christ as my Savior, don't I just have the Holy Spirit? Well, that's not the case. Because if that's the case, then it's a dumb question to say, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And if you, if you received the Holy Spirit and can't tell whether or not you received the Holy Spirit, then how do I answer that kind of question? How do I know? Simple. We get too complicated, too religious, and we put God aside and we're leaning on our own understanding. They all received the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, the same chapter, verse 20, 38, Paul, when the men said, men and brethren, what shall we do? He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. And you shall receive the gift. It's a gift. And you shall receive the gift, the greatest gift, the Holy Spirit. After you repent, you are baptized. Then you qualify to receive this gift, Peter was saying, that you see us have. You can receive the gift. And then now you receive the gift, but you are not speaking in tongues like Peter. I'm going to ask him, I thought you said if I receive the gift, it will be like your gift. How come I'm not speaking in tongues? They all, Acts 19, they all spoke in tongues after Paul prayed for them. The Spirit gives utterance. You do the speaking. A lot of people think that the Holy Spirit is going to take their tongues and, and speak for them. Lord, there is my tongue. What does he want to do with your tongue? <laughs> hey, that's your tongue. What do you want? What, do you want? Uh-huh, whatever. what am I going to do with that? It's your tongue. You do the speaking, the Holy Spirit gives the utterance. You do the speaking by faith. Everything that's, without, that's outside of faith is sin. You have to start with by faith. You receive it by faith. People are telling you, do this and do that. You don't have to do anything. Just speak in tongues. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 16, this sign shall follow them that believe. Are you a believer? This signs follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If you are a believer, you can speak with new tongues. Just receive the gift. It's the promise of the Father. It's the greatest gift. You know, we love the gifts of healing and being No gifts of healing without the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's where we begin. You know, the gifts of, gifts of healing, they are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You can't have that without, if you, you can pursue healing all you want to, but until, until you receive the Holy Spirit, forget it. Amen. One important thing that we need to know is the seal from God upon your life. You know the seal belongs to the United States government, you see the seal? When the Holy Spirit, the Bible says is the seal of God upon your life. In Revelation chapter 7, an angel, four angels have been given power to destroy the world. To destroy the earth and the sea and everything that lives in them. And then another powerful angel came from the east and was saying, you cannot do this until every servant of God has been sealed on their forehead. Hold back 
until we have sealed the servants of God on their forehead. What seal are we talking about? I'm glad you asked. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. It says, In him you also trusted. You trusted in Christ. After you heard the word of truth. So it's the word that brings you faith in Christ. The gospel of your salvation. In whom also, having believed, you were what? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So we go back to the promise. The greatest promise. The greatest gift of the covenant. Your seal. That is the seal that you have on your, on your life. Ephesians 4 verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Don't grieve the Spirit. That's your seal for the day of redemption. The day, you're already saved. But there is a day when we'll be, be, we will be with the Father. That's the Holy Spirit. Don't make him mad. <laughs> you need him for that day. You were sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. You know, as a new Christian in Nigeria, we dealt with uh, a lot of uh, 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 witch doctors. We call them voodoo doctors. Witch doctors. I don't know what they, they use one word in Spanish. Can you help me? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but witch doctors, people are really scared of them. And in those days, Christianity, at least this charismatic Pentecostal movement was kind of new. And uh, everybody looked from outside, what is this, you know? But I knew about voodoo doctors. I was scared of them. I'm not scared of them anymore, amen. I was really scared of them. But uh, the voodoo doctors, they hated this new stuff. And they, they would always come out against it. I've been in crusade where we were preaching out preaching out in the open, and these voodoo doctors will come in, and they'll throw powders, you know, into the air, just powder, and everybody will move away from those guys, and go to a corner, especially the unbelievers, stay away from them, and they're listening to the preachers. And the voodoo doctors will try to hurt them, hurt the Christians, doing stuff to, to kill them or something, whatever they were doing, and you're still around, but after they've tried for a while, I hear testimonies, some of the voodoo doctors will go to some Christians and say, what is this, uh, my daughter, uh, what's, what's this light that's always on you guys? All of you that go to that place, you have this light on your forehead. What is that light? <laughs> they want to know. What's that light that's always shining on your forehead everywhere you go? Tell me about this light. And the Christian girls are not aware of it. They say, what light? You mean you don't know there's a light on your forehead? What are you talking about? <laughs> you walk around with this light. He was seeing it from the spirit realm, okay? That's the seal. The Holy Spirit. He can hurt you. He's very powerful. The, we have to receive revelation from the Buddha doctor before we know how powerful we are, right? <laughs> but after I heard those testimonies, you feel fired. We can take them on this caravan. Let's plead the blood of Jesus around them. But it's the seal of the Holy Spirit upon your life. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit baptism is what makes you a wonder. That's what transformed Jesus. After he was baptized, he was different. He was a different man. Turn water into wine. 
healed the sick, lived a holy life, I mean, no sin, perfect, even in, in the presence of opposition, people who hated him, and yet you hear no word of evil against anyone, nothing but love, power of the Holy Spirit, that's what makes us a wonder to the world. You know, you know the story of David. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 13 says, Samuel, the prophet, took a horn of oil and anointed him, David, in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. It didn't come into David, it came on him from that day forward. David was just a young man. His father even forgot to present him to Samuel. In his mind, it was too young, too insignificant for this great thing that this great prophet was about to do. Because when Samuel came into town, and rather everybody was saying, what's going on here? Is it, is it peace, uh, prophet? What's it? He says, no, peace. Don't worry about it. I just need sons of Jesse. Jesse gathered his son and forgot David in the field. Because in his mind, he, these guys are bigger and stronger. The prophet will be looking for this. But then he anointed David because he was the one God had chosen with the Holy Spirit. I mean with all. And the Holy Spirit came on him and stayed on David until the day David died. You know, David knew the power that came into his life because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. David knew that. When David sinned, because he has sin, God took away the Holy Spirit from Saul because of his sin. In Psalm 51, David cried out, Do not take away your spirit. Don't take away your spirit from me. He knew he was nothing without the Holy Spirit. Don't take your spirit from me, he said. I need the spirit. But from the day he received that spirit... And the day the Holy Spirit came on him, David became a wonder, even as young as he was. David told Saul in the field, I killed a lion and I killed a bear. I, I went after them. I went after them. Sometimes we think it was ordinary David. No, I believe that it, this happened after he was anointed. No, no ordinary man, will, if I hear a lion roar, you know where to find me. Mm -hmm. But he went after it. It was that same anointing that was on him. He was not, the rest of them were ordinary. They were afraid of Goliath. David, he saw Goliath as a little grasshopper. I'll take him. He, he says, this guy is not going to see the sun after today. I'll take him out. But when he showed up, Goliath showed up, the rest of them ran. The little boy with the anointing, he says, hey, forget this man. I'll kill him. And if you read the story, when that guy rose to go to David, David didn't hesitate. He ran towards him. No fear. God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. But the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We have not received the spirit of fear, but of power, 
of love and of a sound mind. David's mind was sound. He took down the giant. But not just that. The anointing upon his life could drive out demons. See, David, when David took the harp to play, Saul's demons will escape. <laughs> the anointing was on him. He was a wonder. Had so many battles. He was never defeated one time. That was an example for us in the New Testament. I may not say this and I may not close. The Spirit of God can be with you or in you. Either way, I believe you will go to heaven. The difference is how powerful your life is here on earth. Because the Bible says, Jesus himself said, Acts 1, and you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit is come upon you. This is what Jesus said, John chapter 14, 16 and 17. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. So the Holy Spirit was what? A helper. We need help in all things. Jesus said, you cannot do anything. Without me, you can do nothing. You can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. He can't even carry out good business without the Holy Spirit. You need Him, especially if you're a child of God. God is saying, don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. No, all of your heart. And you can trust in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said He's coming to guide you into all truth. He will lead you. He will guide you. I need him to guide me. I can't be a pastor without the Holy Spirit. You just be speaking. And giving motivational speeches all Sunday. It won't change life. It will help them a little bit. But when true trouble comes, you're going down. Because the Bible says, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's only by the Spirit. You can't use third third dimensional thinking, just natural thinking and natural strategies to fight the fourth dimension, the spiritual world. You cannot. You won't win. They'll bring you down and you have an enemy. Jesus said so. I will pray the Father and he will give you, he will give you another helper. We need help. And that he may abide with you forever. That's the blessing. The Holy Spirit will abide with me forever. Not only here, but when I get up there, He's still there with me. Forever. So the more of Him you have here on earth, the more of Him you will have when you get there. The more of Him you have right here, the closer you will be to the Lamb when you get there. There are people that are going to be, you see, you need to open your eyes and have understanding. There are people that are going to be sitting to the right and to the left, human beings. And John and James, they wanted that place. I don't know how they got that revelation, but they knew somebody was going to be sitting to the right. And another person, these are very powerful individuals in the kingdom, believe me. I just want to be close to the Lamb. I hear preachers talking about getting just to, through the gates and even if they get in, they are happy. That's not a happy place. I want to be right there in his presence, looking at his face. Why not me? 
I want to try that. He says, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. So you can't know truth without the spirit of truth. He says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But then Jesus said, but you know him. For he dwells with you. And will be in you. He was talking to the disciples. He dwells with you. But he will be in you. When you are born again and you receive Christ into your life, the Spirit of God will dwell with you. But he needs to be in you. You're saved and going to heaven just like the apostles and disciples before the day of Pentecost. But you need to have him in you. And that's why Jesus said after he rose from the dead, don't leave Jerusalem until he is in you. You know him. He wasn't lying. You know him. You see him. He will be in you. So there's a big difference here. To be with you and to be in you. When he was with them, Jesus was the one doing the miracle. He was in him. You need him to be in you to be a wonder. You're going to heaven, okay, but you need him because he needs you to work for him. You have to be qualified to work for him. Not just becoming a child of God, but there's work to be done. I must be about my father's business. Well, you're not qualified until you have this. Until he comes in you. Amen? So let him be in you. And I want to emphasize that. That it's possible for you to be a born again Christian. Go into heaven. And not have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You are as flaky as the rest of them. Nobody sees any difference in your life. You're just like them. You are scared of the world. As scared as they are scared. Of what's happening. If they are worried about the economy, you are worried about the economy as well. If they don't go to sleep, you don't go to sleep as well. If they are worried about something, you are worried. Your children are going nuts. You don't know what to do. Your prayers are not answered. You throw a lot of them up there and hope that something is going to come through. He's not in you. There's nothing to, to confirm. If the Spirit of God is in you, He says the Spirit will bear witness with your spirit. That you are a child of God. He speaks to you. My sheep hear my voice. So yield yourself to this gift. Don't argue with it. It's not according to your knowledge. Just yield to it. I'm going to go further to this most. Just to show you this. Acts chapter 8 verse 14 through 17. It says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, what does that mean? They have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, right? Are we in agreement? They have received the word of God. They sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, 
and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, let's analyze this. Here was uh, Philip in Samaria. He preached the gospel to them. Great miracles took place. Even Simon the sorcerer got saved. And the word got to Jerusalem. And notice also, they were also baptized. It tells us that, right? They were baptized in water by Philip. And then word got to Jerusalem that Samaria has accepted the word of God. So in Jerusalem where they had a new church, right? And the leaders of this church, Peter and John, they said, well, this is important. You guys can leave us. Go. Go and minister to them. He said, when they came, they laid hands on them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had fallen on none of them, they had only been baptized in water. And here believers will tell you, well, I was saved, I received Christ, I got baptized in water, so I have the Holy Spirit as well. Well, how come in Bible days it didn't happen that way? Why is your experience so different? What makes you so unique? That your experience is even better than what happened in the Bible days. Because in Bible days, after they received the Lord Jesus Christ, and they were baptized in water, they still had to be prayed over to receive the Holy Spirit. That must be everyone's experience. If you are following the way in the right way. So yield to this gift. It's not difficult to have. The Bible says, He who believes, these signs will follow. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. If you are afraid of this, then something is not right. Because fear has torment. And he who fears is not made perfect. Perfect love cast out all fear. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So if you are afraid, I don't know, I don't know if I want this, I, I really don't understand. Well, you really don't understand it. Something is not right. Ask God for help. That doesn't mean you are not a Christian. That doesn't mean you are not going to heaven. But this is a gift you need to take you into higher places with God. We need to receive the gift. And today is that day. Stop being afraid. Become as children and receive the gift. Would you stand up with me? Humble yourself. You know, the thing is to humble ourselves before God. Don't argue with the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord. I've been in, in places where I ministered, people received the Lord the first time, and then we pray with them instantly, right after they received the Lord, and the Lord filled them with the Holy Spirit. You can receive that gift today. If you don't know the Lord, you can know the Lord today. I'm going to call our prayer partners to please come out here. I would like to believe every one of us has received the Spirit and can pray in tongues. But if you haven't done that, this is your day. Today is the day. This is your opportunity. We will stay with you and pray with you 
so that you can receive this gift. How many of you would like to receive this gift today? Please come down. Come down. Come down. How many of you speak in other tongues? Can I see your hand up? Good. Some of us didn't put our hands up. I appreciate you uh, being uh, sincere before the Lord. But the Lord knows. And I'm not going to push it, but I, the Lord is giving you this word. You need to seek this gift and get understanding and receive. There is a reason why you're hearing this message today. I would also like to tell those, if you have any, whatever concern you have, and you need somebody to agree with you in prayer, please come down. Come down. You need God to work in your life. Something you want from the Lord, you're free to come down and pray. Bow your heads. Come down, come down, come down. Thank you. Please, let's be sincere with God. This is a very serious business with our God. You have any need, you need somebody to agree with you. This is the day. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad that many of us pray with other tongues. It doesn't make you any different from anybody else. But what it does is it, may, it brings Christ so close to your heart and so close to your understanding that you're different from the rest of the world. Thank you, Father. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We give you praise and we give you glory. Thank you, Lord God, for making your word so clear that we cannot doubt. We know what you've spoken to us. And we know that you are back of every word that you've given to us. And Lord, that you are willing to confirm every word that you've spoken. Fill everyone, even those that have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Fill us anew, O oh God, with your Holy Spirit. Fill us, baptize us with your Holy Spirit and with fire so that we can take the world and turn them to you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise, Lord God. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. We're dismissed.